How's it going, guys? Um, who is up here worshiping? Did you guys happen to see this disgusting looking mud? <laughs> it just looks like someone like put it in their mouth and spit it back out. That's gross. Um, so who's excited to be at Laurelville? Good, good, good. Uh, now, I have two more questions, and I'm kind of kind of split the crowd a little bit, because I'm just curious. Uh, who's excited to be back at Laurelville? And then who's excited to be here for the very first time? All right, all right. This is going to be a good, good weekend. I'm excited to share this weekend with you guys. You are the best. <laughs> All right, you guys can battle it out this weekend to see who's best. That's what you can do. Um, so my name is Ryan, and I am from a church called Fox Chapel Presbyterian Church. I paid them to say that. No, these are, this is my group, so... Uh, if they do anything wrong, it's on me, so behave, guys. Thank you. Um, so I'm excited to be here. I have been to Laurelville, whew, geez, I don't even know how many years in a row. Um, well, obviously not last year, sad. Um, but I have been to Laurelville probably, I don't know, 12 times. Um, and every time it is awesome. Every time it is different. So if this is your first time here, I encourage you to whatever is happening, lean into it. Engage with it. If it's something crazy, engage in it. If it's something that is just speaking to you, lean into that and engage with it. I see we got Spider-Man here, all for the costume party. That's what I'm talking about. Lean in. That's good. Um, so anyways, a little bit about me. Uh, I am... Married. Uh, I've been married for coming up on six years. Um, yeah. We, we might have a picture of my wife. Yeah. Her name's Rachel, so we both have kind of like the first initial, right? Ryan, Rachel, yeah. Aw. Aw. Nice and cheesy. Um, she is wonderful, but, but here's one thing I'll say. Uh, she prefers to work with high schoolers. I love middle schoolers, so what I want you to do is to prove her wrong so I can go back home and tell her that this was the best Laurelville ever, all right? So prove her wrong. Um, we don't have any kids, but we do have two, two pets. We have a dog named Buster who's uh, very cute, lovable, but also incredibly dumb. Um, <laughs> we have a cat named Toothless. Uh, she very much has teeth, um, but she's black with green eyes, so she reminded me of the dragon from How to Train Your Dragon. That's why we named her that. Um, but she is, uh, I'm not a cat person, so bless you if you are a cat person. Um, so I know that there's a group standing out in Danzig, right? Who's, who's standing out in Danzig right now? All right, so I have a quick little camp story before we launch into things. 
Um, it involves Danzig. So this is a more of a warning story for everybody who's sleeping in a place that has bunk beds right now. Um, so there was one year I came and I was a, I was a leader and uh, we were out in Danzig and me and another leader uh, were actually sleeping out in the main space and everyone's settling into bed. It's a nice, peaceful night. And it was a middle school weekend. And so, you know, middle schoolers aren't huge, right? Um, and in particular, the, the, the one group of middle schoolers were in sixth grade. So they were very small for sixth grade. And me and the leader are just hanging out. We're getting ready for bed. We're like, okay, good. Everyone's falling asleep. Then all of a sudden, we just hear a phoo. We get up, and we're like, what the heck is that? And we run into the room. This tiny little kid <laughs> um, decided to climb up into the bunk and literally just lay down in the bunk. And then what happened is the plywood part of the bunk broke <laughs> as soon as he touched it, and he fell through the bed and landed on the kid who's even smaller <laughs> underneath him. And so, <laughs> that incredibly high-pitched, help me, help me, help me, was because this kid was now buried underneath the bed. So, those of you out in Danza, get in your beds very carefully, all right? That's a warning. All right, so, I will be, uh, you know, I'm not just speaking to you guys tonight. I will be with you tomorrow morning. I will be with you tomorrow night, and I will be with you Sunday morning. So, we got some ground to cover of different things. And so we're going to be looking at uh, this thing called the Bible. Surprise. <laughs> and so we're going to cover a lot of ground in the Bible um, and looking at the hope that the Bible brings us, looking at the power that we see from Jesus and from God. And so tonight we're going to dive into it, looking all the way at the very beginning in a book called what? Genesis. So Genesis, does anyone know what Genesis means? It's the beginning, the first book of the Bible. So Genesis is about creation. It's about where it all began. And so God is like, you know, I'm going to start creating stuff. And so he decides, I think it would be good to have something called you know, light, right? And so he creates light. And then it says the, the next thing that he creates is the sky. And then he creates land, and he looks at the land, and he goes, it's pretty good. I like that. So he's like, okay, what, what, what else can be created? Uh, let's put some vegetation on the land. All right, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. What, what, what's next? Does anyone know what's next? So next would be the sun and the moon and the stars. Does anyone like just looking at the stars whenever it's a super clear night? Beautiful. And so God kind of, he, he, he does that. He creates that, and he's staring at it. He goes, all right, that's, that's also good. And then he creates the fish, the birds. Oh, I also missed land. Water was with land. Whoops. <laughs> then he creates the fish and the birds, and he looks at them. And uh, even though I personally think some birds and fish look really weird, he looked at them, and he's like, that's good. And then he goes and creates another thing. He creates the land animals. 
And he says, that is also good. But once he creates humans, he kind of steps back and he goes, that's very good. Very good. So humans, once he created them, he created them above everything else because he looked at it and was like, that is what create, that is what ties everything together. And the reason that he believed things kind of tied together and why humanity made everything very good, and that was the final thing that he created, is because God's heart in creation shows us a few different things that we can look at. Um, in Genesis 127, it says, God created mankind in his own image. And in the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them. And through that verse, we can kind of see that God's heart in creating man, whenever he, he did that and he said, oh, that's very good. It's because he was creating us to be representations of him. So no matter how unique you are, no matter how you go about life, no matter what you think, no matter what you do, you are a living representation of God. And that's what God saw as mankind, male and female. He created them in his image. And then not only that, he created them to be partners in creation. So God created all this stuff, right? God saw it all. It was good. And then he created man and saw it was very good. But then he said, hey, you guys are going to help me with this. He says, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Roll over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. And then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. In that little section, God's basically saying, all of this stuff is yours Yours to find food through. It's yours to work with me, to roll over it. It's yours to take care of with me. God created it all, but then he handed it to mankind to say, hey, help me in this. Help me take care of everything that I created. Help me take care of the vegetation. Help me take care of the fish and the birds. Help me take care of the land. Help me take care of this world and everything that I created. And that's a responsibility that he's giving to humans. And then he kind of goes even further, and this one I feel like is kind of, you know, a little bit of a dangerous responsibility. He gave Adam the responsibility of uh, naming all of the different animals. Uh, who would want that job? Not many. <laughs> Not many would want that job, because there's some crazy-looking animals out there. I was like, what the heck are you going to name them? So he gave the responsibility to Adam and Eve to name the animals and then to tend to the animals as well. So God was saying in these two acts, he's saying, I created this and I'm giving it to you for you as a representation of me to help me with everything. And for us as representations of God, we still have that responsibility to help God take care of creation. And then later on in Genesis, in Genesis 2, uh, we see that God desires us to be in community. So before God created Eve, he, he looked at Adam and he, he was like, hey, it's, it's not good for you to be alone. And so he said, I'm going to make him a helper. And then he, he brings Eve into the picture. He's saying, it's not good for people to be 
separated, to be isolated. It's good for us to be in community like this room. Take a look around. This is what God wanted from people. Coming together to worship him and to feel his love. And so God had these things, these things in his heart, in his desire for people to experience, and it was perfect in the moment. It was perfect. There wasn't any pain. There wasn't any sickness. There wasn't any death. The animals, you know, were apparently very friendly to each other. Um, I am wearing currently a Jurassic Park shirt, so I would like to think that you would also be able to ride a dinosaur back then. So all of these different things, it's like, okay, what is, what is the idea of perfection? Someone shout out something. What do you think it looked like back then? Yeah. Super peaceful. Yes, exactly. Anyone else? Beautiful. What else? Stunning. All of these awesome descriptive words is what it was like. It was paradise, right? It was amazing. And God created that and invited mankind into that with him. He's like, this is for you to experience. This is for you to be with me in it. And so we, we hear that stuff, and then we kind of look at the world today, and it doesn't exactly seem like that, right? We look around, and there's a lot of division. There's, there's people who are not living in community. There's people who don't see other people as representations of God. And we wonder, like, what happened there? And sometimes it can feel like when we read this that, um, you know, we've kind of bought into something that isn't real. And so this story is going to seem a little bit random, but um, it has a point. Uh, a, a few weeks ago, I went to Kennywood for Fright Night. Has anyone ever done that? All right, so <laughs> uh, there was my first Fright Night. I've never been to it before, and I did not know what to expect. And so when I'm sitting there um, waiting for the park to open, they're like, oh, yeah, the... the Park is not advisable for people under 16 years of age after 6 p.m. And I'm thinking, what is about to go down? This is going to be insane. Um, the entire time, I wasn't really scared. Except there was one thing that caught me by surprise. And so you, uh, if you've been to Fright Night, you know whenever you walk through the, the tunnel or whatever, there's a ton of fog, and then there's a guy with a chainsaw. And, <laughs> and so at that point, I was already in the park, um, and I'm walking around, and I get to towards the entrance uh, inside the park already, and it's foggy everywhere, and we just hear this chainsaw go off in the fog, and then we see a bunch of kids run, going, Aah! They're just, like, running. That sounded like a, a screaming goat, sorry. Um, <laughs> so they're just running away, and then out of the fog comes the, the big dude with the chainsaw, and he's running after them. And I was like, okay, that's, that's I'm not going to lie, that's slightly terrifying. Um, some things happen, and then we eventually come back later, and we're going through the same thing. Happens, you know, chainsaw goes off, people run screaming. And then I'm walking by the guy, and this is what really caught me by surprise. Because this guy was a big guy. He's got like that old classic hockey mask. You can tell that there's a huge beard underneath. He's big, he's intimidating, he's scary, he's got a freaking chainsaw, and I'm walking by, and somebody 
who's very brave, decides to ask him for directions. And this is what I hear. All right, what you want to do is you want to go up there and you want to go right. And I was just like, whoa, that was very unexpected. <laughs> kind of took a right turn from what I was imagining would happen. And that's when we read, this is the connection point, right? Uh, when we read that beginning part of Genesis and we look at the world now, it does not match up to what our expectations are. It does not match up to what we perceive as reality. Because we see all of these different things that are not perfect, that are not stunning, that are not beautiful. There is some of that in this world because God's heart, those things that he said are still very much true today and people are doing that. They're living it out. But there's still so much that is so far from that original concept. And so one of the things that we can do is, is we can understand that, yes, we're supposed to strive to be in community, but Sometimes, you know, you just want to stay home and watch Netflix. Or we think that we are supposed to be representations of God, but yet we don't believe in ourselves. You know, we think that we aren't worth other people's time. Or we see other people and we don't think that they are worth our time. And then on top of that, partnering with God in creation, we know that's what we're supposed to do. But sometimes we just don't take the steps or just don't care enough to step out and do that. And it can feel impossible to attain. It can feel impossible to live up to what God's heart was in that first part of the Bible. But there was this dude named Jesus who, when he was speaking to some guys who were following him, he's talking about how there is a lot of things, there's a lot of struggles and stuff happening in the world. And he was kind of setting them up because he's saying there's going to be some stuff happening um, very soon. And you guys are going to be wondering, like, man, that doesn't line up at all <laughs> with what you're promising us. But he says this thing, which I think we can hold on to today and we can strive towards these things. Jesus says this, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. So in that moment, Jesus is saying, yes, that perfection in the beginning is no more. But guess what? The stuff that's happening now, I have overcome it. And if you follow me and if you focus on me, you can see the beauty in it. And so we're going to dive more into uh, Jesus, who he was, and the things that he said, and how he kind of wants us to lean in to him and focus on him. And so that's just my encouragement to you guys. Lean in this week. See what God is asking you to, to change about your life. See what God is asking you to step into and follow after him. Because even though our current circumstances are a little bit different than what it was in Genesis, Jesus promises that he has overcome the current circumstances of our lives in our world. So we're going to pray. And something awesome is about to happen, a.k.a. Jack and Roger. Um, God, we just thank you so much for this day. Thank you for this time to come together to have fun, to watch a great skit, to enjoy some worship and just lean into you and praise you for who you are. And I pray that as we go through the rest of this week, Lord, that everybody will be safe, everybody will have fun, they will be able to experience your joy. But on top of that, as we go into this and 
dive into your word, that we'll be able to see the hope that you offer. The incredible peace that only comes from you, even though things are not ideal. And we just pray that as we go into the next activity tonight, Lord, that you will just bring us together in community, and that we'll be able to experience you.